With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi there, it's episode 24 of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka Gigpod, and the Dream Team are back. I'm not referring to Edward and Griffiths, but rather me, Stevie, and Rizzo. Now, we haven't been together on the podcast in a while, so John, I have to ask, was starring alongside Hamish and Lee a bit of a struggle for you? Are you going to cope okay now that the big dog is back? So I just get distracted by a Celtic legend, Oliver Buck, scoring the winning goal for uh, Sheffield United at Old Trafford. <laughs> uh, it's good to have the, the dream team reunited, back together. The boys are back in town, as fiddle as he once put it. Right, so what have we got in store tonight? We've got talking about Celtic and Hamilton. We won 2 now. so before we get into other issues, such as the ongoing goalkeeper situation... Let's discuss the game very briefly. I don't even know what the point is anymore, John. There's nothing to really play for. Second place does look as if it's okay, but barring an almighty bottle job, I don't think we're going to sink any lower than second this season. It was always going to take something spectacularly ridiculous for us not to beat Brian Rice's team tonight. So typically, Lee Griffiths, who does what he always does, he's in the papers for the wrong reasons, and everyone's going through him. But he opened the goal scoring again tonight and as soon as he scored to make it 1-0 the points were pretty much in the bag really Edward made sure of it when he took it around the goalie put it away early in the second half it was never really going to be a problem tonight now if Hamilton had a striker who was not a bumbling idiot and took his chance before half time it could be us here without a 1-5 in five. but nonetheless John Moyle's sitter went unpunished and here's one for you remarkably that jobber is the guy who nearly put Stephen Gerrard out of a job when they won at Ibrox last year, but we didn't really learn anything tonight, did we, John? No, but we're always going to win. I mean, Hamlin are the biggest jobbers in the league. I don't care what you say about Betfred Cup finalists, St. Johnson. Hamlin are definitely the biggest jobbers, and I really hope they finally get relegated this year, because 
they don't add anything. I'm sure there's maybe one Hamilton fan listening to this. I don't know. I don't know any Hamilton fans that's going to be furious at that that slur on Hamilton, but they're just crap, basically. They don't add anything. And a plastic pitch die and all. I mean, no, we've not really earned anything. Right? Tumble and Sorrow are a good partnership as usual. I think Griffiths and Eddie will probably play together the rest of the season unless we decide to sell Eddie in the next week. But, nah, her defence still isn't great and it won't be great until Julian's back. So that's probably why we're trying to buy defenders more than that later, fans. But, nah, not really. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. I mean, I'm just waiting for this season to end the league to end. And, of course, hoping for a sensational Scottish Cup run that will probably end up saving Lenny's job. <laughs> this this country's going to be... In and out of lockdowns probably for this year again anyway. But if the situation improves even slightly instead of significantly, and if it's going the way it is just now, surely the Scottish Cup's still going to be finished. I would hope so, but then you don't know because there's not really a lot of time you fill the fixtures in because there's still a lot of games to be played. We've still got loads of games in hand. I mean, teams in the Championship even have still got loads of games to play. I think League 1 and League 2, like they're off now, but I've heard that they are planning to come back in March and they'll just extend the season. So I genuinely don't know what happened with the Scottish Cup. It wouldn't surprise me if it's the same thing as this year, but we end up playing the final like in December or something. Again, I hope it's not as late as that, but you don't know. You're saying you just want this season over and done with. I actually feel the same way. There's nothing exciting about it anymore. It's a drain, even when it's bad news and even when Celtic are, <laughs> are full of nonsense like the other day. It, tweeting about Brendan Rodgers' happy birthday and winding up the fans. It's just boring now. They've just got nothing but contempt for the for the supporters. From Neil Lennon, where he was arrogant, where the 90 minutes in it guy asked a question about, can you understand why fans won't change? That he can't even acknowledge that we're pissed off for a very valid reason, through complete mismanagement, and it's that type of attitude, John, which just drives a lot of people away for the club they're now. Do you think we'll ever get invited to the press conference? Definitely not. I mean, after after that, uh, Kelvin Wilson, <laughs> shit. I mean, there was no chance. Obviously, we get invited back in 2017 to the charity event. Well. That Lubos Legends game, you weren't there, obviously, because they can't have you at Celtic Park, John. They can only handle so many legends. I was in there, and you and an unnamed employee at Scottish Premier League Club were there. <laughs> hey, one, see you one day, by the way. One day. You're going to get a sore face for that part. He doesn't like it. <laughs> well, I, I tried to speak to him yesterday, but of course that was a that was a disaster. But uh, moving on, I, I don't know what's going to happen for the rest of the season. I mean, we're playing St. Murray on Saturday. I'd imagine, well, they won 5-1 tonight, so that may be a hard game, but... They've got a better manager than us. I don't know about that because his tactics... Well, he can beat Rangers, so... <laughs> well, that's, that's true, that's true. I mean, his tactics in that same field, they really were pretty ropey. Like he gave the, the initiative to Livingston. But Livingston might have a better manager than us, I'd say. I mean, they won again tonight. Yeah, I saw that. They're just so full of energy. Um, they're so physical. And But when you're looking at the fixtures ahead, would they have a game plan against St. Johnston at McDermott Park? What about a doubleheader against Aberdeen? What about even Tanadice? I just don't know what Celtic are going to be turning up. And the point is, it is just a complete bore. My, my, my point earlier was this I just It feels as if this season's gone on forever. Because we were already seeing the warning signs in October and November, and it's just got worse and worse. 
and it, it just it seems like there's no end in sight. It's like a permanent 23 points at this at this stage. It's like, just go and extend it. Cancel a few games. Just make it a 30 league season. I'll take it. I just want it over and done with so we can rebuild. But when it's on the point of rebuilding, John, you have, you texted me during the week saying that you have a very controversial opinion that you think is very likely to happen for next season. It wouldn't shock me if Neil Lennon is our manager at the start of next season. Did you hear that the the so-called review, they're going to announce it on Friday, what the outcome is? Did you hear that? Neil Lennon is talking like a man that already knows he's safe um, and he's been sweet-talking the board and the players have been doing it as well. And I actually think they're going to try and blame the COVID situation. I, I genuinely think that the board are that mental now this season that they're going to actually give Lennon um, to the end of the season now. I don't know about next season, but I think he's going to get until May. I, I don't think they've got anyone else lined up. I don't think anybody else wants to take this job. Oh, no, they'll definitely blame COVID. That's all we've heard. We're the unluckiest team in the history of football. We're the only team that's had to deal with COVID. No other team in the world has had to deal with the COVID problems we have, apparently. But no, I would not be surprised at all if he's manager at the start of next season. I'll be, these things happen, but we're unlucky with COVID, with injuries. They'll probably mention the referees, you know, the dodgy decisions Rangers have got. Another one the night, right, lads? When Morello just stamped on Portis, nothing happened there, etc., etc. And they'll say, like, Lenny's been a legend for us. He deserves a statue. <laughs> it's one bad season. Let's all rally rally behind Neil and win the league back. Nine in a row was a great achievement. And they'll go on and on and on about the four trebles. And Lenny being the only guy to win a treble as a player. And as a manager, because Lenny goes on and on and on about winning that treble non-stop. He never stops going on about it. So what I think might happen, and obviously I hope, truly hope doesn't happen, is that Lenny will be manager at the start of next season. And if that does happen, I think season ticket sales will fall drastically. I mean, I think they'll fall anyway, because I don't think people will want to pay again for the prospect of no having football at the start of the season anyway. I mean, I think there's no chance of fans being there in August, maybe by December we might have fans there, but there's no way fans will renew in numbers again. I mean, if I don't have a season ticket anymore, but if I did, I wouldn't renew, even though I'd be desperate to go and see Celtic again. I wouldn't renew because we've made such a mess at this season. No, not even that. I just don't have any faith that Neil Lennon, I mean, he's not improved one player this season at all. A lot of them have all went backwards. I mean, you could argue... Sorrow and Turnbull but I think their talent was already there I don't think Lennon had a part in that he just never gave them a chance until the Lille game was a free hit and he thought oh, well, I'll shut people up who are shouting about they two turns out they were complete fucking stars <laughs> and if they had been played earlier instead of Scott Brown you know and instead of persevering with Jam who was massively off form who knows where we'd be if they were playing since August but that's all down to Neil Lennon and it's negligence and we can't afford that next season because Rangers are going to have a settled squad, they'll have Champions League money and more importantly they'll have a confidence that we just don't they won't need to rebuild, we do they're on the front foot and we can't afford to go into that season next season with Neil Lennon so I reckon if he is a manager a lot of people are just going to be so pissed off with it and just turn their back in the club Do you think that my prediction will has any, what would you put as a percentage that my prediction will come true and he'll be the manager at the start of next season. It's all down to the Scottish Cup because I fear that if Lennon 
somehow wins that, then I think the board would go, he's a man for next season, he deserves a chance. But when you look at a run of fixtures coming up, I think we're going to drop far more points under him. I reckon you've got a 10% chance of being right now, and that percentage will plummet when you look at our fixtures, which is after the 14th of February. Valentine's Day, John, what are you going to get me? I'm not sure, but I'm going for a root canal the day after, so I'm not looking forward to that. But uh, I'm not looking. I don't, I'm not looking at fixtures. I don't want to. I don't want to get depressed. I'm just going to say that now. Actually, I, I said Valentine's Day four days before that. We've got a, we have got six very difficult games after we get short of the Motherwell game, which is the first Saturday in February. We play St Mirren away. We play St Johnston away. A double header against Aberdeen. We then go to Tannadice and then we play Rangers. I have absolute 100% confidence in saying that we will not win all the games. No, I think we probably will and then we'll not beat Rangers. It'll be the same as the last time. But I mean, it matters even less now because at least when we were on that run the last time it was to supposedly keep us in the title race. Now it'll just be a safe face. But we'll probably win all the games up until we play them. But is it on your birthday? It's going to be a day after that, actually, now, because Rangers are playing in the Europa League on the Thursday. So, yeah, at least my birthday can't get ruined. No, we'll probably win them all, and Lenny will be like, we've done it, we've turned the corner. The board will be thinking, let's give him another, let's do what John says. (laughs) (laughs) Which is never a good idea. And then, uh, I don't think we'll beat Rangers. I don't even, well, I don't even know if we'll beat Rangers this season, to tell you the truth. We may get a draw at Parkhead, but I mean, by the time we go to Ibrox, Ugh, they'll probably win the league and ugh, God that's going to be a nightmare I don't even know if I bother watching that game I mean obviously I will for the podcast sake but at least there's no any fans here that's only saving grace at this horrendous season First, I think it'd be worse if the fans were there I mean it's going to be bad enough when they have already parties and stuff I'll be uh, staying in bed under the covers that weekend anyway. <laughs> under the tables? Under the tables with uh, old Bobo, an old Twitter joke there. For the lads. <laughs> right, one of the things that I said in the first couple of gig pods when we made our glorious return, John, what <laughs> yes. did I always say about what it was going to be like if we chopped and changed goalkeepers for the rest of the season? What did I say? It would be disastrous. And has it been? Yes, and it happened again tonight. Yes, so what happened tonight is... Vassilis Barkas was dropped despite Neil Lennon saying that he's his number one goalie. Now, he then responded to that by saying Scott Bain is going to be in goal. He hasn't let me down that much. Certainly not in the league anyway. Right, okay, granted, but the Sparta-Prague performances were horrific. Um, that should have been the end of Scott Bain after the two games. Since we've been recording this, John, I've just checked, right, and Neil Lennon has now said Scott Bain will be Celtic's number one going forward. He has said, I, and this is a quote, I don't think Vasilis Barkas has settled. He's not been up to the speed of the game. Now, he's a goalkeeper. So how, how is that possible? And secondly, there's what, what we're talking about, about next season. He's going to be shattering that guy's confidence. I mean, that is just appalling man management to come out and say that. The media now will be jumping all over that. And it puts pressure on Scott Bain as well. Scott Bain's next mistake. Then what does that say? Bain can get away with it, but, you know, Barkas can't get a chance to prove himself. John, it's a mess. I know, and I don't know if you heard, but yesterday he sort of threw Conor Hazard under the bus as well when he was talking about the the COVID-ravaged team that he had to play when uh, we dropped the 
points in their two games. No, it's just sums up our season that we're at the end of January and we're still short and changing the goalkeepers. I mean, as you said, it's going to just destroy Barker's confidence. I mean, he was brought here for big money. He'd have been, imagine he'd been told that he's going to be number one. Well, John Jabari comments, I don't know how much our future he's going to Celtic. I mean, I doubt it would be ridiculous enough to sell him or even loan him out before the transfer window shuts, but it just says to me that if Lennon is still here next season, that Barkas I don't think will be. And that just, if Lennon's saying that about Barkas, I mean, that brings up the point of who bought Barkas, if it was a Lennon idea or if it was a Nick Hammond idea or there was some disconnect there because if you're spending big money on a guy, you don't want to just jettison him by January. And I mean, I know Barkas maybe hasn't been brilliant, but when you play for Celtic in the Premier League, most seasons, the goalkeepers aren't going to have to do much because Celtic usually dominate games. And Barkas hasn't like, had any standout performances, but I don't think he's been so, so bad that you'd just say, oh no, he's no number one anymore. And Scott Bain, who hasn't been brilliant, as you said, against Sparta Prague, he was pretty woeful. And now he's first choice again. It's just, <laughs> it's like Lennon's got carte blanche to do anything he wants to do and nothing that we say nothing that other, all the other podcasts will say the fans on Twitter that are just livid and I don't blame them nothing we say will make a difference Lennon will do what he wants he's got the batting and the board and you just don't know what's going to happen in the next few days like who's going to sign who's going to leave this is one of the strangest Celtic seasons there's been in years I'd say I mean not just because we're miles behind in the league it's just and no counting that there's no fans. It's just the way the games have went and the way Lennon's went on and the players as well. Like even Scott Brown getting sent off last week. That was odd. It's like this is just me guessing. It's like I don't know. I think behind the scenes people might not be happy. And I can't blame them because this season, which was meant to be the biggest season we've had for years, has went right down the toilet. Well, you were saying that you don't know who else is going to be leaving or that. Now there's Two points I want to pick up on. First off, Lennon says he doesn't think anyone else will be leaving, but Lennon also said Barkas was his number one, and he's went back on that in like a fortnight or something. So I'm sorry, I don't trust anything that that man says. The next point was Lennon was saying he expects to get a loan deal in from now to the end of the season. And that, again, is just going to be a, an absurd waste of money. It's not going to solve anything long term for us, and that's what we need to be thinking about long term. Forget loans, forget all that. We need to be thinking about next season and who we're going to get in now that can enhance us for the season ahead. We can't have somebody to come in, have a stormer. The fans love it, you know, loving them, doing what we do, going, oh, bring them home permanently. Like, lacks out first two games. Everybody was screaming about how we should pay all sorts of money for them. Look what happens there, you know. A few weeks later, it's a, it's a U-turn on them. We can't rely on these loans anymore. And it's about time we... Stop with what we have or invest in a player that's going to enhance his next season and beyond. As the the loan stuff has to stop, the model of that has to stop. We've been overusing it for far too long. And yeah, it might suit us to a certain extent, but ultimately it just suits the players that we bring in. I mean, the Fraser Foster one as well. We got dead attached again to him. There's, there's numerous players I can go through this way about loan players, John. And I've said it to you, uh, to your face and all that as well, about the way we get so wrapped up in loan players when essentially it's about them doing a short-term favour for us, but they get 
you know, more joy out at long term. I want to see an end to that, and that's why getting a loan player in just doesn't make any sense at all on a business level or on the pitch. No, they're acting like we're still in the title race. Like, we'll get these players and they'll add to the squad and do this and do that. I mean, that is pointless, as you say. We'll look, I think, 23 points behind, something like that. The rest of the league games are, unfortunately, a write-off for the most part. So, I mean, I've seen that we've been linked with Ben Davis for Preston. Uh, centre-back, and that Bournemouth are interested as well. If we're going to buy him, like, on a long-term deal, fine. I mean, I'd be worried what I say is about Lennon being here next season, but if he's a guy for the future and we're going to build the team around him, fine. It's a good move, and I think he'll probably do well for us. But if we're, like, signing him alone, like, with a view in next season, that doesn't really make sense when we could go and get him right away. But, I mean, loan signings are just... This season, more than any other, it's a waste. I'd rather we didn't sign MD than sign loan players. I mean, to do what? But beat Aberdeen and Hearts to second place? They're, they're never going to catch us anyway. They're beef jokes. It's just to give Lennon an ego boost, isn't it? Aye. I mean, <laughs> his press comments yesterday was pretty dire and all, especially what he said to the Cynic guys. I mean, it wasn't as bad as last week's catastrophe that never got uploaded to Celtic. YouTube channel or the Twitter account or anything, but I mean, it was still pretty poor and I don't know, as this goes on week by week, I'm starting to think the only way the statue is going to end up at Parkhead is if Lenny builds it himself. <laughs> but hey, he'll, no, he'll say that he'll never do that and then two weeks later he'll do it, he'll go back. I was, I, I, I was actually thinking, by the way, that he might end up, instead of getting a statue, he might get one of the paving stone things, you know, like Matt McGlone and the Celts for Change guys go... Maybe he'll just get a peeving stone because he's made such a mess of this season. So maybe the statue isn't happening. But do we want to talk about Jeremy Frimpong, which is probably the big story of the week? Yeah, we can move on. I was just going to say before that, though, just as a reminder here, just where we are, Rangers remain 23 points clear. I actually had both games on tonight, John, because I miraculously hoped Hibs took something from them, but it wasn't to be. Now, it was said that their January was going to be a very grueling one for them, and yet they've won three out of four games this month. That'll be that. Even though it realistically was done weeks ago, I'm thinking like the Celtic board here. Maybe they'll slip up, maybe they'll be a miracle, but I think after tonight, them winning the Easter Road and they've cruised through it, I think it's completely done now. Wait a minute, did you actually think the league was still on if Rangers had they won the right? No, I didn't. I was just looking for any level of, of consolation or, or bragging rights to any Rangers fan that I might know by us winning and them losing it. All I've got going for me now is hoping they don't do an unbeaten title win. That is all I've got, and it is so sad to say that. I know, but even if they do, it's not as good as yours because we won the treble. But as you say, it is pitiful that that's what Celtic reduced to in this season. It was meant to be the greatest season for years, but the Celtic board and Celtic management have ruined that, but on the other things. Yeah, well, it was meant to be the greatest season of all time after we beat Hamilton 5-1 and a player that ran rampant that day was Jeremy Frimpong. He, well, Greg Taylor actually assisted two goals, but Frimpong was magnificent on the opening day of the season. There was all these comments about how this was his campaign and he was going to be the, the, the player to take it by storm. Well, he'll be doing that for someone else in the Bundesliga because he's left to join Bayer Leverkusen. Just over £11 million. Pound. Is it a good business from Celtic or is it a mistake, John? I think it's a bit of both, really. I mean, it is good business, although I think Man City get, I think, like maybe 30% of the fee 
I mean, when you think it, I don't really know how much it costs. I think it was maybe three hundred thousand pound, and we're selling them for eleven million. I mean, you can't really complain about that. It is just a surprise that it happened so quickly. It must have looked, or maybe been in the background for a while, and it just came up yesterday. But it seemed to just happen, like in no time at all. And he had been playing for his like regularly as well. He was a he was a first pick, so it is a bit of a surprise. But if he wanted to leave, I mean, fair play to him, and I kind of blame him if he did want to leave. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to play on this team when Neil Lennon is manager either, and they can go and try and test his luck in a much better league, and we've got decent money, and hopefully we can use that to pay off Neil Lennon, but we probably won't. But. Uh, no, I, I thought he was a decent player for us. I mean, he'd done very well when he broke into the team last season. I don't aim to expect that to happen, but like he'd made that debut against Mullerwell in the League Cup, and he was excellent. And he scored a goal up at Pataudry. He played against Rangers, he got sent off, but we still won that game. And his interview at the end of it was probably the most memorable moment in his Celtic career. But no, he done well. And I mean, I think, I don't know if it's still the plan, but Obviously, in the past, Celtic have always said we're going to invest in like cheap-ish signings and then sell them off for millions. That's that was the plan in the past. Obviously, it still is, and I'm not sure if we'll sign another player to replace him. But no, I mean he had a decent career. Was he won the treble? And good luck to him. One of the things that I was a wee bit surprised at when Neil Lennon said for the last six or seven weeks he's been making grumblings about it and expressing his desire to leave. But he's been playing regularly for the last six and seven weeks as well. Um, and I'm just thinking to myself, <laughs> I mean, what, what is going on there? What is happening? It was it was as if there was no issue there at all with that. I mean, that's one of the, the first things you'd address. You'd either you know, take him out of the team for a bit to try and get his head straight and convince him to stay. But Neil Lennon just played them week upon week uh, when we were getting hammered or underperforming. And he's probably gone to pitch after every passing week. Going, I'm making the right decision here. I'm away. I've got no doubts whatsoever that he'll go on to be a cracking player for Leverkusen. He'll be coached properly and uh, he'll be looked after. Lennon is not the sort of manager that can develop players like that. He's made the right decision for himself. Celtic have got a decent chunk of money out of it. I just want to say good luck to him as well. Right, another player, John, who is looking as if he's hitting the exit door is Kanemoko Dembele. Now, Again, a lot of people will probably be going, Ugh, whatever, not not a big loss. I don't think Neil Lennon rates him. But you've got to remember that, you know, this is a young guy who was in October 2019, uh, Le named him as one of the six outstanding young players set to revolutionise the game. So <laughs> this isn't a wee mug. I mean, this is a boy that's going to go on to be a, a cracking footballer. He's not been managed properly by Lennon. I just don't know what the deal is. Don't know if he fancies him one bit. And it just seems as if him and Celtic are set to depart. He'll probably go on to have a better career elsewhere. And maybe a few years down the line. No, I could be wrong. But a few years down the line, a lot of the top beaks at Celtic are going to be going, wait a minute, we had this guy and we didn't even try and develop him or coach him or give him a run in the team. What's your take on that one? I think that if he was going to like stay, he would actually get in the team already. I know he's only very, very young, but I mean that hasn't stopped Celtic in the past, really, putting young players in the team. I know he's younger than Keane Tierney would have, but it's still the same sort of point. So I'm not really surprised. I don't know if he ever thought of Celtic as like a team he would stay with for years. I think he maybe possibly always thought we were a sort of stepping stone to a bigger club. 
Well, we'll just need to see what happens. I mean, I hope it doesn't end up to be one that we end up regretting. I can't blame MD at this moment in time for leaving Celtic because I just think that the club seems to be in a bit of a mess. And hopefully, of course, by next season, that'll have changed. But then barely will be playing with somebody else. And just like uh, we said before, with Frimpong, I mean, good luck to him. It's just a pity that he's, we're not going to get let any money for him. Maybe we'll like some sort of youth fee. I think that happens sometimes, but no, I'm not. I can't really see him surprised, and I don't know if there'll be any more departures before the transfer window shuts in the thirty first. That's something to look out for. I think. Now, before we go as well, there was some sad news the other day. Joseph Vengloss, who was Celtic's manager for one sole season, passed away at the age of eighty four. Now, Doctor Joseph Vengloss uh, was appointed as the head coach of Celtic on the 17th of July 1998. It was a weird season because we were already a, a day after being the champions and stopping 10 in a row. Celtic were in turmoil when Wim Janssen left and there was so much internal fighting. And then when Dr Joe came in, he inherited a team that were just at loggerheads with the board over the, the bonus dispute. And Rangers at that time had invested heavily in their team. They just brought in Dick Advocate. They were signing World Cup uh, semi-finalists. They were signing guys who had played for Man United for years, and like Andre Kincheltskis for seven million. They were splashing the cash, and Celtic just weren't doing that. It was true biscuit tin mentality stuff. But despite all that and a horror start, that Celtic team went on to play some brilliant, brilliant football. It wasn't all for nothing as well, because Venglos did bring in legends like Johan Mialbi, Luba Moravchik, and probably his most important legacy, I would say here, John. Don't know if you agree with this, but they emolded Henrik Larsson into a real top, top striker that season. He did, and I thought he was unlucky with circumstances. I mean, he didn't get the job until like very late before the season started. As you say, Rangers were spending big. I don't think we even bought a player. That summer, maybe we maybe just bought one, but I think we didn't buy him until Vida Rusev joined. And I, I mean, Lubomiravchik and Johan Yarby will, of course, be fondly remembered as well how Henrik sort of broke out. That was his first season where he scored like 30 plus goals. And we actually played some brilliant football after Christmas. I mean, we started off the season badly. I can remember going to a game where we lost 2 0 at Kamarnock and we were just pitiful. And people were going berserk because Mark Butchell was the one. They were wanting Butchell to come on as a sub, but by the time he came on, it was too late. But no, after Christmas, especially, I think we went on a run of something like 16 games unbeaten. We gave teams some right hammerings and we did play well. And then it sort of just fell apart. Of course, he was a manager when we lost the league to Rangers, but he was in a difficult situation. I wouldn't have been disappointed if he continued on for another season. He'd probably done better than that John Barnes experiment, which was swiftly ended. But no, I mean, I just feel a bit sore from they never won a trophy because we get beat in the cup final of Rangers uh, that season as well. We didn't really turn up that day and Marvaduka was injured. Marvaduka, of course, had a big part to play that season because he signed in late December and I don't think he played his first game for us until February or March, which was disappointing because I think him and Henry together would have been brilliant and they never had that much time together because, of course, in the next season, Henry broke his leg. But no, I mean, I thought he was a decent manager for us and maybe just circumstances sort of conspired against him. And it was good to see that so many fans and the players that he worked with 
gave him tributes that he deserved. And of course, probably his biggest legacy is Lubo. Maybe even more than Henry, because Lubo will go down as probably one of Celtic's best midfield attackers in the last 30 years. No, it's weird. About that season, right? Do you know that you obviously said after Christmas, that's when we got our act together. It was a 3-0 win against Dundee at Dens Park, actually, that seemed to really... The squad just gelled after that, and it galvanises. But see, before then, do you know that like, we played 18 games. How many games do you think we won in those 18 in the league? Uh, nine. Very close. Well, we won seven. So I was going to now ask on the Dr. Joe season specifically, because this is where, I mean, my freakish memory when it comes to the games going week in, week out, and all the nostalgia comes back to me. It's frightening. Do you have any particular highlight of the Dr. Joe season? Now, that wasn't anything to do with the 5-1 game against Rangers. If you could choose any other game from that season that you remember very fondly, what one was it? Well, that Dundee one, because I was there, and it was, I think, snowing. Rob Douglas scored an own goal. That was a good one. But I remember we uh, hammered Aberdeen. Uh, I know we used to hammer them all the time, but I think we beat them 5-1. And I think Viduka and Larson scored a couple, and that was when we were first really getting their act together in, like, because Aberdeen, of course, had beat us at the start of that season when we get three penalties and managed to miss, I think, two of them. Another game, was it? No, I think I think it was 5-1 we beat Aberdeen, maybe. I think it was January. Maybe January, start of February. And that's when I remember uh, with a 5 nothing against Dundee as well. Reggie Blinker scored. In fact, one of the best performances I've just remembered was the Scottish Cup semi-final against Dungeon United at Ibrox. Uh, Blinker scored, and I think Viduka. And that game was like a comfortable win. It was one by half time. Dungeon United were talked up a lot. Like they were going to do this, going to do that. And look, we just swatted them aside. And that was a a good result and all. But I mean, the 5 1 is obviously a standout. I mean, I think we were something like 13 points behind getting into that game. We were nowhere in the league the week before. We'd lost to uh, St. Johnson when Vida Rusev done some sort of comedy pass to. Uh, St. Johnson played the game the winning goal. Do you know who it was? Kieran. It was it was uh, Kieran McInnesby. Why did they do it? Had they know the guts to say, John? <laughs> What's him? That's right. Because I think Mark, Mark Butcher scored the equaliser as far as I remember because it was there. No, wasn't it? It was Henrik. Henrik made it one each. Oh, it was Henrik. You're right. Mark Butcher was the season after when Vikos scored that one. It was uh, not over the line, but we gave it our only good decision of a referee ever. <laughs> no, I mean. I don't know, I went to a lot more games back then, obviously nobody's got any games now, but then I had a season ticket then and I was still well into it, and like, Celtic won the great that season, but they always, on their day, we could produce good football, and especially after Christmas, we went on this brilliant run, and it's just a pity that it just ended badly with that defeat to the Angels and then the cup final, and Joe like, left sort of quietly after that, but no, it's good to see him remembered so fondly, and of course, when people talk about Dr. Joe, they'll be like, Oh, I remember the 5-1 against Rangers, which is probably one of our best ever wins against Rangers. And so, Stevie, what do you remember most about the 5-1 win over Rangers? I'll tell you where I was that day, John. I was in the house, and that was the only game I missed that season. Um, during the week, I had an operation in hospital up at York Hill, and I remember I never missed games back then as a wee guy. And I was like 13 or 14 at the time. I was in second year, and I remember all that week, like my mum and dad were... My mum especially was just like so concerned about the operation I was having at the time. And I was just more concerned about uh, <laughs> getting to the game. But 
I get discharged from the hospital on the Saturday morning of that game. It was about nine o'clock. I was so groggy. I was just not in it at all, man. It was all no, what it was like. It was like somebody bl- like bloated a my a mold master off my head about twenty <laughs> times in a row. I was so dizzy and um, I needed. Like, the doctor basically said, "Look, he's going to get looked after for the next twenty four hours. It's critical." So even if you sleep, watch him. And yet I was, it's like, you know when Homer's ill in the Simpsons and he's going, I want to go to Duff Gardens. That was like me. I had a white sheet over me and everything, John. Uh, I was so top white as well. Spewing and falling asleep, still, still convincing myself that I'd be able to get to Block 102, Row G, and watch us take on Rangers. But no, in the end, my dad got the ticket uh, and he never shut up about it for that entire weekend. And, I remember just saying to my mum, I want to go back to the hospital. But um, <laughs> other <laughs> fond memories I have. Other, other fond memories. This is quite interesting about the Dr. Joe season. Do you know we never lost the Ibrooks, considering Rangers were such a good team that season. We never lost the Ibrooks. We drew now now at September. And interestingly enough, I believe that was the game. Barry Ferguson had been bossing every team in the league. And then I think Dr. Joe said to Simon Donnelly, Man marked Barry Ferguson for them all game. And he did. He just stood and marked him out the game. It was an unbelievable display. Do you remember that? We actually probably should have won both the games at Ibrox because in that nothing each draw, uh, Larson had a header tipped onto the bar by uh, Shaboni. And then I think in the last two minutes, Stubbs had a shot uh, just over the bar. And then I think Tosh McKinley had a shot as well that was like just wide of the post by like a fraction. So we could have won that. We could have won as well. Uh, New Year, we made it to each. I think we get shot. We never got a still more penalty. The more things change, but uh, no, we could have actually beat Rangers three times that season. And they wouldn't have beat his eyebrows, beat his to win the league. I've just remembered a seven-one win over Motherwell when uh, Hendrik Larson scored four goals, and that was probably the first game. Obviously, he'd been a good player for us before, but that was really the first one where you knew that this guy was probably even better than Celtic. That's how good he was, and that season was spectacular for Henrik. Probably one of his best ever for Celtic. Forgot a bit mostly, I mean, people probably don't remember that. Four goals he scored, I think he scored a hat-trick against Hearts as well, but he was great that season, and rest in peace, Dr. Joe. Indeed. Rest in peace, Dr. Joseph Wenglis. And that brings us on to the end of the show. It's been over half an hour. I think I might need to admit myself back into the hospital, John. I feel dizzy, I feel faint. But it could very well be because Neil Lennon said something stupid and I'm just remembering that again. But aye, how have you enjoyed being back on with the big dog myself? It's been a sensational reunion. <laughs> Neil Lennon's comments, Dr Joe, Frimpong, and we even won a game tonight. So it's good that we're reunited back and we'll no doubt be back reunited again next week to discuss more excitement in this topsy-turvy season. Indeed. Can't wait to describe St Mirren's uh, third goal against us at the weekend. That'll be some <laughs> laugh. But yeah, it's good to be back. I'm Stevie, and I'll be on as well this week. I'm going to do another podcast at GigPod. So again, to make sure that you get it as soon as it comes out, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Android, Google Podcasts, even on Amazon. We're so diverse. We're brilliant. <laughs> I mean, why, why would you not want to subscribe to listen to these dulcet tones, I John? I'll let you say bye to the audience this week, big man. So uh, leave us a review as well, of course, uh, telling us how great we are. 
the best Celtic, one of the best Celtic podcasts around. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll even get invited to press conferences. But we wouldn't go because we're, we're rebels. <laughs> it's great that we're back, reunited. It's still, as you see, the boys are back down. Celtic are winning. It's just what what great times. <laughs> well, uh, Steve will be back with another pod in the next few days, and we'll be back next week. So, hail, hail, and we'll speak to you then. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.